The Armored Core 6 reviews are in, and while they are mostly positive, they are also spoiler-free, and they have not yet been able to review PvP. Given that most of the scores are landing in a very high threshold, why are some of the reviews landing on the low end? It's not necessarily that there are mixed reviews, but there are some in the mix that just don't seem to be landing as high as others. A handful of themes emerged from all of the reviews that I both listened to and read, so I'll do my best to give a rundown about what everybody is saying, while also examining why some press outlets, some review outlets, and even one platform in particular are landing with lower scores. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning, so you don't have to go searching for it. It's a longer video because it is a live stream. I do an opening monologue, and then I discuss it with the live audience. So if you like this kind of content, hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live shows. So the Armored Core 6 reviews are landing about as strong as the mechs in the game, but some outlets are not singing its praises, and the Xbox Metacritic score is notably lower than both PC and PS5. As far as I can tell, none of this has anything to do with performance differences between the platforms, so what exactly is going on? Are the reviews mixed? Are they landing in the more positive? Well, first, I'm going to give you a quick review roundup. I listened to four reviews this morning on YouTube, read a handful more and there are some themes and some trends that certainly emerged which leads to the second thing that I want to talk about why are the Xbox reviews landing lower lastly I will give you my thoughts on what I am hearing and my approach to this game if I'm going to jump in if I'm going to play it after Elden Ring success and almost two complete playthroughs from me I'm not sure if I'll be able to go the distance with Armored Core 6 but I do plan on giving it a go. So if you're looking for Armored Core 6 gameplay from a total noob to the franchise, you can look forward to seeing that on Friday morning on my channel. Now, let me get to the review roundup. Right now, what we've been dealing with is the the, the reviews have been pouring in from a variety of of places, right? Before I directly start quoting some of those places, I want to establish three themes that really emerged from all the reviews that I listened to, right? I listened to Gaming Bolt, I listened to Geek Culture uh, Plays, and I also listened to IGN Push Square and Easy Allies. Now, the first theme that emerged was that the story is somewhat bland and it doesn't receive a lot of focus. The second theme that emerged was get used to failure and get used to difficulty. And the third theme is customize or die. Now, why are folks taking issue with the story? Well, depending on the player and the outlet, story in a game like this may not be a huge focus. The consensus seems to be that the story was just not the center stage. For the reviewers that didn't mind this, it just didn't seem to matter, right? It just helped them focus on jumping back into the action and jumping back into the missions. I definitely tend to be that type of player, right? If I I just want to sort of get back into the action. Now, there are some cinematics. There are some things that sort of establish what's going on. But again, it is primarily not the focus of this game. And for some people... That is a weakness, right? If it doesn't, in my opinion, if a game does not have strong and quality-focused story, then it doesn't need to take up a lot of my time. I ran into this recently with Atlas Fallen. The quality of the writing, the voice acting, and the story itself, I don't think warranted the attention that it was demanding from the player. So, I'm totally fine with the company saying, look, story is not really 
the center stage here. To the review outlets and the players that were disappointed by this, it seems to be the blandness as well as the method of storytelling. A lot of the story is told through audio only, and at times, that is said during very intense fights. Now, that would be an interesting experience, right? To have very, very intense moments and not really being able to hear elements of the story play out. Other elements of the story just happen as sort of an audio file in between missions. Again, this is subjective to the player, and I actually sort of like this method of storytelling. Now, obviously this is depending on the game, but sometimes I just kind of want to say to a game, look, get out of my way and let me play the game. Let me get back to whatever I was doing previously. Now, the second theme of the reviews that I read was get used to failure and get used to difficulty. Obviously, you should come to expect this from a FromSoft game, but some of the reviewers felt almost surprised by just how hard this game was. This could be due to lack of experience. Jumping into Elden Ring, for example, you may have Dark Souls 3 or Sekiro to fall back on in your mind. You've got some muscle memory. You've got some experience. Those are avenues of experience that make Elden Ring a bit more approachable but armored core 6 you're firing multiple weapons at once using both triggers and both bumpers you're dodging you're flying you're managing your energy meter well that's going to have less catalysts and less tethers in your mind and your past gaming experiences to land on so i do think difficulty shaded some of the reviews especially one review in particular that we will reference and yes reviews are subjective but a game should not be getting a low score simply because you struggled with it especially when it is a from software game that's like giving a rogue a low score because you had to start over a lot The third theme that emerged from the reviews is customize or die. And this is probably the biggest takeaway that everybody needs before getting into Armored Core 6. If you hear about the difficulty and you're like, nope, that's not for me, that's totally fair. I do think sometimes gamers need to understand the type of gamer that they are so that they don't find themselves in a game that just isn't built for them. But if you do dive into Armored Core 6 and the difficulty frustrates you, consider what this game is designed around. It's designed around failure being a teacher, and those lessons are meant to push you into a build-to-overcome mentality. The customization was the centerpiece of many of the interviews prior to the game coming out. It is at the core of the game's identity, and ignoring this will lead to your peril. And I say this as much to you as I say it to myself. I'm stubborn. I will fight a boss the same way over and over, ignoring other avenues and approaches. I especially ignore backseat gaming, even when I know they're right. So Armored Core 6 is going to grate against my natural tendencies. So if you're like me, take note. You're going to need to adapt. You are going to need to change your build and try again and wash, rinse, repeat. So with those main themes out of the way, let's look at what some of the outlets are saying. So again, the main themes were story is not that great, it's bland, it's not the centerpiece. You're going to fail a lot, there's tons of difficulty, and then the last theme is customize or die. Those are the big three themes that I got from all of the reviews that I listened to. So, 
with when you go over all the reviews and where they're scoring xbox reviews are scoring lawyer lower and we're going to take a look at that game informer gave it an 8.25 and they concluded by saying armored core 6 is a solid return for one of from software's long dormant franchises it still carries many of the mech's genres old contrivances like its generic mission structure and predictable plot you see that theme coming back there with it's it's got genericness to it and its plot's pretty predictable however it modernizes mech action meaningfully to introduce it to a new generation while legacy fans may have some complaints about the quote casualization of armored core i ultimately am glad that the series is back and firing on all cylinders just to restate this game has a hard lock feature that the previous games did not even though i had people who are like really big armored core fans trying to lecture me on this in a past stream turns out they were hilariously wrong that there is a brand new lock feature in this this was not present in the previous armored core games and many armored core fans took issue with this a hard lock takes away some of the skill behind sort of flanking getting behind the enemy especially in pvp now i heard from multiple review outlets that that went through this game that the hard lock was actually quite helpful that some of the bosses would have seemingly been very very difficult with how fast they moved so as many of the predictions were made before the game came out it is tuned around the fact that you as the player have more power so they can ratchet up certain things certain difficulty elements like speed of the enemy now another review outlet destructoid gave it a 9 out of 10 said i was a bit skeptical that from software would find a way to make Armored Core relevant again after a lengthy hiatus, but they figured it out. The spark of the series is still very much alive without giving up its soul and making it something else entirely. And a new generation will be able to appreciate why these games are so venerated. Just be ready to tinker a bit and take some L's. So there again you're seeing that theme emerge you're gonna die a lot and you better be ready to tinker and mess around with your build okay now let's look at one of the lower scores this is not the one i'm going to focus on there's one in particular i want to focus on and it's it's not this one okay so vg247 gave it a six out of ten now the thing to remember when you see scores that are this low you have to remember that you're dealing with again you are dealing with subjectivity you're dealing with people who may or may not like games like this maybe they didn't do very well okay this is what vg247 said armored core 6 is the essence of a soft reboot it has an un an en- an unenviable task of drawing newcomers to a niche sometimes overly challenging series without changing too much of what made fans like it to begin with. The result is a mixed experience that, while it has some shining moments of brilliance, feels a bit loose and never plays to its strengths. So again, that could be a a, a difficulty issue. Maybe they just failed a lot. Maybe they didn't really do too well because they talked about how it's an overly challenging series. Just that phrase alone kind of speaks to where their bias is. And I think that that's okay. I think reviews like this can be helpful. If you tend to look at these games as quote-unquote overly challenging you're probably going to land like vg247 you're going to say ah this is a bad game i don't like this right it's a six out of ten now is that an accurate representation of the game's quality no i don't think that it is but i think it's an insight into where many people are likely to land with a game like this if they don't have a lot of experience with armored core now Eurogamer 
gave it a 10 out of 10 and said quote compared to the short of sort of multi-layered twisty labyrinth of systems and storylines that has become from software stock in trade it almost feels bare bones while I wasn't expecting a Mass Effect Dragon Age or Fallout Elder Scrolls situation I was thinking that a little more Souls like influence would have crept in and and, and a small part of me was disappointed that it hadn't reader that part of me was foolish and wrong Armored Core 6 does not need Souls like influences because because Armored Core 6 is hands down the best mech game I have ever played. So I think that was one of the more important ones to read. They went in sort of expecting the Souls-like influence. They sort of expected maybe some of that element of like storytelling and gravitas. And that wasn't there. And they're like, listen, I was an idiot. <laughs> they're like, this is one of the best mech games I've ever played. So keep in mind, they went in with those expectations and they came out giving the game a 10 out of 10 so reviews are mixed though right we've got eights we've got nines we've got tens and then we've got sixes like what that's a low score in my book a six is like a failing grade all right in my mind a decent game usually lands around a seven to an eight anything above an eight and a half up to a ten i would consider a very good game or a great game right currently the metacritic totals represent this disparity as well both pc and ps5 have the exact same total average 87 yesterday xbox on metacritic was 10 points below that at 77 now it has gone up since and it's at 79 that's still an eight point difference now xbox only has eight total reviews on metacritic so they're definitely the smaller grouping playstation 5 has 50 reviews and pc has 27 but why the disparity, right? You would think with a smaller number of scores, you could probably land pretty well since most people are giving this about an eight. Well, a couple of low scores out of eight is going to pull it down rather quickly. All it takes is a couple of people to lower a score with such a small smattering especially when you look at Xbox Era's score, okay? They gave this game a 65 or a six and a half, okay? So you can see it here. I've got a screenshot. Now, I've got another screenshot to show you in a second. I am not putting Xbox Era on blast. I'm simply showing you, just like VG247, how a score can land quite a bit lower than everybody else's, and this is what they say. Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is an odd return to what has been a mostly mediocre series. Now, everybody that loves Armored Core, don't go don't go attack them, right? That's their opinion. They think it's a mediocre series. This isn't this isn't a series for everybody. They said it fixes multiple issues, mainly control-wise from the past titles without adding much else. It isn't great to look at, and while I it can be fun to play, its poor balance as you progress kills any joy to be found after not too long. Now, if you go and read the complete review from Xbox Era, it very much seems to be a difficulty issue there's issues with difficulty it's just they're having a hard time they seemingly didn't didn't do that well they're talking about how it's not a, it's not very fun to play they're also not the only one to take issue with the graphics okay there were other outlets that took issues with the graphics push square gave it like a 7 out of 10 and they took issue uh, with some of the graphics I believe when I read through that one I read through a lot so I'm not quoting them directly but I'm fairly certain push square did not think too fondly of graphics many people have said that the graphics don't look that great I I don't think that's again the centerpiece or the focus so i don't think taking points off for graphics 
for a cross-gen game, as well as a game that's not focused on that, as well as story. I don't necessarily think you should be taking off too many points for those things. Now, I'm saying this as somebody who hasn't played the game, but when I get an accurate review score from a game that's not focused on story and not focused on graphical fidelity, I don't expect points to be taken off for those things as much. Keep in mind, Xbox era, giving it a 65, okay? That, again, to me, that's a failing grade. This is the same outlet that gave Redfall an 85, okay? Now, we're going to read through what they said about Redfall because I do think there is something at play. There's something developing in the review world that we need to keep an eye on, all right? I'm just trying to draw attention to it. Second image here is their Redfall review. It says, Redfall is fantastic in most ways. A few baffling design decisions around its co-op implementation and some frustrating technical issues hold it back. It is fun as heck solo and ridiculously so in co-op. With a little post-launch support, it's going to become something special. Now again, I don't think reviewing a game based on post-launch support that you're presuming is going to happen, that's not a way to review a game, okay? Redfall has not received any post-launch support to this date other than like one patch. This was supposed to be the most post-launch supported game. So we should never review a game based on post-launch support. This isn't about Redfall. This is about review philosophy. How you review a game should not be based off what might come down the road. They again say it here. This may end up being Arcane's worst reviewed title ever, but it's going to be their most successful. Alone or with friends, Redfall is a game any fan of the genre should play. So what's going on here right i think you're getting a window into design and review philosophy reviewing a game based on what might happen right oh let's give this game a chance it could end up being really good it could end up getting a lot of support that is just not a way that i would ever review a game if a game's bad out of the box like let me give you an example jedi survivor that game is terrible out of the box its performance is abysmal and embarrassing we still have yet to hear from them it's been over a month since any update or any patch and nobody should review that game and be like well they're probably going to fix it no you should have done much more accurate review scores of jedi survivor it should have been a lot more clear that that game was not ready for launch all the review outlets gave it glowing scores i think on the presumption and the assumption that it would be fixed later on down the line so you know we got xbox air we got vg 24 7 giving this thing low scores and some of it seems to be related to difficulty. I think there are two things at play. First, difficulty and failure is probably playing a role. Everybody struggles to be objective when they're not having a good time. Some of my favorite games have pushed me to the edge of frustration and have me calling them trash in the moment, right? You get so angry and a game you love, you'll call it trash in the moment. Like these poor games, right? They're just there for our verbal abuse when we're angry and yet we keep coming back to them, right? You know you do it, don't say that you don't, okay? So, I I know that that's a difficult thing. I definitely saw this play out in the reviews of Returnal, right? My entire opinion about Returnal changed after a successful run. Well, that's related to a subjective experience that is related to difficulty. I thought Returnal was a good game. I thought, okay, nice game. Then, when I did a successful run, it was my game of the year. And you saw this met out in many of the low-scored reviews of Returnal. They didn't get very far, so they didn't really experience the totality of the game so i do think when it comes to armored core 6 you are going to see reviews that land lower purely because the player had a hard time keep that in mind because that doesn't make their review inaccurate or dishonest but it's a window into why they didn't enjoy it and i actually think that that's helpful to you i'm not saying these people are out here lying i'm saying listen pay attention 
Why do they give it a low score? Do they have a really hard time? Were they on the struggle bus? Well, you might be there too, so maybe don't buy the game if you're that type of player. Now, the second thing that I think is happening, most notably with, I think, the Xbox scores that we're seeing on Metacritic, I've seen some screenshots floating around. This is a brand new development. There's no pattern yet, okay? There's no pattern yet, but... Xbox-centric outlets do seem to be giving lower scores to non-Xbox first-party titles, okay? This has nothing to do with Xbox struggling as a console. They're not. It's not like Xbox scores are lower because the Xbox platform has a problem. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm saying is there does seem to be some media bias making its way through. So it's tough if you're not an Xbox first-party title to score well with Xbox-centric outlets. Now, what does this hypothetically do to anybody looking at Metacritic scores who owns an Xbox. Well, first-party games are going to land higher than the rest. I'm not saying there's some conspiracy at play here. I'm Again, I'm just alerting you to bias. There's bias around difficulty, and I do think there's bias around platform. This is not new. Both sides do this, okay? Both PlayStation-centric outlets and Xbox-centric outlets do this. We saw this play out with Halo Infinite. We would read through the review, it would be critical, it would be nuanced, and then it would just have a really high score. The scores all seem to be significantly higher than what the reviewer had said. So I think we've reached a point in the review meta of video games where mixed reviews can represent a handful of things. Platform bias, preference bias and a whole host of other issues maybe you're just bad at the game that you played maybe you don't like the games that you're being forced to 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 review for the outlet that you work for okay this is typically why when i do a review roundup for you i grab from a smattering of outlets and i give you the high scores the low scores and the mid so that way you get a pretty broad you know sampling all right so That's why I approach it this way, and I think that's a better service to you so that you get a very wide breadth. You may read the Xbox era or the VG247 reviews and conclude, Armored Core is not for me, okay? Because I'm like these guys here. They had a hard time, they were struggling, and they gave it a low score, okay? Those low scores can be a benefit to you. If you're nothing like them and you're a masochist and you love a game to kick your teeth in, then you can kind of dismiss those scores and say, I'm diving in, okay? I think all reviews can be helpful if viewed in the proper light. So my thoughts... Well, with respect to story, it actually makes me want to play the game more. I'm definitely changing as a gamer. Playing through Final Fantasy 16 like an episodic TV show has been far more enjoyable than I expected. In the past, like lengthy cutscenes and story focus would drive me crazy. But after Hellblade and Ghost of Tsushima, my enjoyment for really strong narratives has gone up. But... That doesn't mean I don't enjoy the occasional shut up and let me go shoot stuff type of game. And it sounds like Armored Core is pretty much in that vein of, you don't really have to pay attention to the story, okay? Just everybody be quiet, I'm gonna go shoot stuff, right? Now the second aspect that comes into play is the difficulty, okay? I absolutely loved my first playthroughs of Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro. They all had their salt moments and the points where I nearly broke, right? Ishin at the end of Sekiro almost broke me. A five hour fight that is one of my most favorite moments 
moments in gaming, but I almost quit a handful of times. But I really loved my experience in Sekiro and Dark Souls 3. Sekiro is now one of my top five games of all time. And I really loved the first half of Elden Ring. I did, I, especially when I played through it again and did a no summons run. Up until the Fire Giant, I, it was one of my favorite experiences in a FromSoft game. But I was able to play those games on stream. I was able to dedicate large portions of time each week to sort of hack away at those games and their frustrating fights. Elements of my life is, have changed. Streaming gameplay on this channel over long periods of time just really isn't in the cards. The channel is more firmly rooted in being a talk show. Gameplay works in really short doses, but if we try to do something long-term with distance, it doesn't tend to go well. So we'll see how Armored Core 6 does, if a weekly segment is worth doing, if the community and the YouTube community and the Armored Core or FromSoft or even the Reforge Gaming community supports it. We'll see what happens, but playing in the evenings is generally where I am playing my video games and playing something that is this brutal and difficult in a piecemeal way in my evenings doesn't seem like the way that I want to wind down by beating my head against the wall of a fight, having to rebuild and try, try again. It's just not really conducive to my current schedule. So it's kind of a bummer to look at another great game from FromSoft and admit that I actually probably won't be able to go the distance with this one. I enjoyed beating Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, and Elden Ring. Sekiro being one of my favorite in the bunch, being the favorite in the in the bunch for me, it's even more disappointing because the main combat designer of Sekiro was Armored Core 6's director, Masiro Yamamura, and it's really frustrating to say, I don't know if I'm be able to play this game. I don't know if I'm be able to go the distance. Now, should you play this game? Should you go the distance? Well, are the reviews mixed? Was the question that I posed. Well, I think a few of them are. They seem to be based on external realities that aren't really rooted in the game's quality, expectations that they came with, or, you know, just not being too good at these games. As a late convert to FromSoft games, I find the reviews to be very encouraging. Long-standing fans seem to be very happy, and new fans are diving in. I'm hoping to find a way to carve out time to enjoy it, which from where I sit is another great game to celebrate in the massive year we're experiencing in 2023. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion. Everyone approaches games and game reviews differently. Does story matter? Do we need cinematic cutscenes? Do we need a compelling narrative? Uh, Sometimes I think we do, and other times I think we don't. Much like Starfield and the NPC debate that we had yesterday, we've had many times, I I think games need to be analyzed in their context. Is it a rogue? Is it an action game? Is it a FromSoft game? So, as a rogue in an action game or a a FromSoft game, does it need heavy story focus? I think the best reviews approach games where they are. What did this game set out to do, and did it do it well? I think some of the reviews about Armored Core forgot that. Secondly, difficulty is always going to play a factor in FromSoft game reviews. Lords of the Fallen is going to suffer a similar fate from gaming outlets if they don't have people equipped to play games like this. You're not going to get very far. You're going to get mad. You're going to be bummed there's no easy mode so you can scream your way to the credits. So that's going to affect review scores from outlets that treat games like this in this way. Even with my experience of beating Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, and Elden Ring, I don't know if I would be the best candidate to review a Souls-like game. 
at, at the very least, I would at least try to frame my review within my own context, my own experience and bias. I would say I'm, I'm a reluctant convert to FromSoft games. You know, I, I actually have lots of criticisms. I have philosophies and theories and ideas that made me very critical of the back half of Elden Ring. And I wasn't alone in that. There were people in the FromSoft community that, that agreed with me, but there were a lot that didn't. And so I would need to own that in a review and say, listen, this is where I land on things. I am not somebody who thinks everything FromSoft does is gold. It seems like some people feel that way about them, and that's fine. We, we love cult followings to a degree. You know, I think gaming outlets sometimes struggle to have the right person for each review. You would never have me review a racing game, a fighting game, or a sports game. It would be terrible. I'd be like, well, there's cars in the go fast. Like, that's the extent of what you'd get from me in a racing game. (laughs) Gran Turismo 7 on PSVR 2 is cool. It's awesome. That's all you're getting from me. I don't really play those games. I'm not the guy to go to for those types of reviews. And I think some of the gaming outlets struggle with that, right? They're like, hey, Carl, can you play this game? And he's like, I don't really play those games. And he ends up playing it and reviewing it anyway i'm not saying that's what happened with this game in particular but be wary of that sometimes you're reading a review from somebody who really is not the best person for the job now my conclusion is this armored core 6 looks to be another great installment for the franchise and more than that i think it's another example of just how far from software has come Long gone are the days where gamers thought Souls games were niche or strange. Elden Ring completely changed that in the gaming world, and Armored Core 6 could certainly do the same for mech games, okay? I don't think I ever would have played a mech game before. For me and many other non-mech players out there, I think that's an achievement in and of itself if we end up playing and loving this game. From Software isn't just making games at this point. They're making converts. And I can see, and I can't wait actually to see what they do next. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. I was a little distracted. Like, YouTube had like an error message, and I'm like, oh no, is my stream crashing? And it's gone now. I have no idea what the error message was. I think it's because I'm on the backup ingest servers and I don't think they like that I don't think they like that when you're on the backup ingest servers but the main ingest servers were having trouble the other day so what do you guys think we're kind of getting into a discussion about review philosophy a little bit with armored core 6 reviews definitely seeing some scores that seem to be breaking apart from the pack and the reasons seemed to be primarily rooted in you know not I know all reviews are subjective but other external subjective realities so guys let's get the member goal started you did hit the stretch goal yesterday of 4500 so my wife and i have to play mortal kombat 1 we believe that we found a jar jar binks costume they're actually incredibly hard to find so yeah let's get the member goal going though every 25 i get five who wants to order some coffee i'll turn on the coffee alerts and it'll pop up on screen if you order any and that's not a sponsor i am wearing a shirt from a sponsor and i am wearing glasses as well from a sponsor if you ever want to know about those things just ask geek to sneak with 13 months and a member plus says armored core is not for everyone while i do intend to play the new one it's not a high priority the game looks great any updates on the light roast it's been paid for so i should have it soon ragnarok gifts a member and starts the day off right one out of 25 there we go thank you so much ragnarok beaten dk beggar at one at the thing that he loves to do the most eugene says open critic has 63 reviews only five score it below an eight those 
five are major outliers. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to get people in the door, so I put, are the reviews mixed? I'm asking the question. I agree with you that I don't think that they're mixed, but given that people are going to be on Twitter and be on Metacritic and see sixes and six and a halves, I wanted to have a stream that kind of answered that question. Are they mixed? I don't think they are. I think you have outliers, and when you look at those outliers, I think there are pretty clear reasons why they land where they land. Now, some of this, I do think, has to do with platform bias, right? A 6 isn't a failing grade. Yes, it is. If you go take a pop quiz and get 6 out of 10, that's a, that's a 60%. That's a failing grade. What do you mean? If you get a 65 on a test, you passing? Are you passing your class with a 65? With a 60? That's not a passing grade. <laughs> now, I don't know where you went to school, Crinab. Did they just give you, you know, the P for present? You know? <laughs> or did they actually grade you, you know? Three out of five above average, good game. Six out of ten is a fail. Listen, th- listen to me. The scoring is absurd. I don't even like scoring games out of five. I think that's too shallow. I think games should be scored out of 100. They gave it a 65 on Metacritic. Xbox Air gave it a 65. That's a that's a failing grade, right? 31 months. That's a lot of months. 31 months from Melrose Mike, and it's a VIP. This guy's got a red badge. That's a ton of months. Thank you so much, Melrose. Melrose, did you do... How did you get to 31 months? That doesn't seem right. Did you pay in advance and it's giving you credit for all of them? Five is the issue out of five? I agree with you, Paul. I don't think scoring games out of five is helpful. It's like, huh? It's like, if you as soon as you go below four, it looks bad. <laughs> as soon as you go below a four out of five, the game looks bad. It's like, oh gosh, what's the matter with that game? Like, oh, it's like, come on. Guys, thanks so much for being here as well. Strong start to the day. Oh, I was a little worried about Armored Core because I'm not really a FromSoft guy. I mean, I kind of am, but I'm kind of not. Make sure you're smashing the like button. Let's get to 200 likes. And thanks so much for being here and supporting. We've had a killer week with Gamescom. We are not covering any Gamescom events today. Nothing really going on. But boy, is there fire coming out of Gamescom. We're going to have plenty to talk about next week. A lot of interviews, a lot of comments, a lot of things happening. I do have an upload today about the PlayStation Portal. Trying to correct some misconceptions there about that device. So make sure you are here for that. 60 is an F. That's what I'm saying. 65, my average report card in school. (laughs) These do not get degrees. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Scope uh, is way too low. To only score out of five. Uh, yeah, I mean, scoring out of five, I just don't think gives you a, a, a very good picture of a game at all. Hellfire with 11 months and it's a VIP. How does a tech guy drink coffee? He installs Java. I, I wish, sometimes I wish Hellfire that, that you wouldn't, um, that you wouldn't be here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate the corny jokes. I absolutely hate the corny jokes. I really do. Thank you so much, Hellfire, for almost an entire year of support. Appreciate you so, so much. You guys are debating whether or not 65 is a failing grade. 65 isn't an F, it's a D. What? 65 is a D? Is it a D minus? What's an F? Is an F a 64? 
Seriously? What? Like, okay. Grading scale in school. What is an F? Come on now. All right, all right, all right, all right. Is 60% an F grade? A D is any percentage between 60 and 69? Really? I, dude, I'd have swore, I'd have swore up and down that like a 64, 65 was an F. You gotta get a 59? Bro, this is news to me. I could have totally coasted through high school. I could have got 61s all day. 61? You just barely have to get more than half of the answers right. That's pathetic. (laughs) That is absolutely pathetic. 5 out of 10, you're a failure. 6 out of 10, all right, Billy, we'll we'll let you walk at graduation. (laughs) Give me a break. That's unbelievable. Standards have lowered. Lono, as a teacher, I can tell you that sometimes the grading scale is up to the institution or the teacher. Sometimes a 69 is failing. Sometimes a 59 is. That's what I'm saying, Derek. Like, get out of here. Lono gets a D. I got straight C's, dude. I got C's. Maybe that. Maybe maybe because I thought like mid 60s was an F. Maybe that's why I got straight C's. Like, it's good that I was wrong about this, right? <laughs> You guys are blowing my mind. I was like, a 65? That's a failing grade. That's terrible. Oh, you're not getting into college with a (laughs) 1.0? Oh, oh my gosh. A fail is 0 to 39%. Uni, 70 to 100 is a first. All right, all right, all right, all right. Listen, give me 200 likes. Let's discuss this in the realm of reviews, Okay. Pause this whole chat. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Brooklyn Breed. All these people self-reporting out here. A 60 is a good score. What the F? <laughs> literally? Literally what the F? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, in college, I was on the dean's list. I did I did much better in college, but in high school, I was a slacker. I was I did, I did very well in college. I always argued for a ten point scale, so A is like one hundred and ninety, etc. Right, so nine to eighty B, seven to eighty, yeah, 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 which puts you in that range, right? So you have the ninety to one hundred is an A, eighty to ninety is a B, seventy to eighty is a C, sixty to seventy. Yeah, that I guess that does that that makes you scoot in like as long as you're above fifty nine percent. Mm. now in the realm of gaming though do you really think that come on you guys are making so many conversations lately make so much more sense as Eugene (laughs) Aerodimus says outside of Armored Core 6 looking at other recent third party releases Xbox scores are higher than PS5 Remnant 2, Ride 5, Chainsaw and Immortals well I saw two sides of this, Aerodimus. I saw screenshots, and that's why I said platform bias, right? I said Xbox is not the only one that does it. Currently, currently, that's what we see. But I've seen it with PlayStation. I've seen it like, oh, yeah, PlayStation review outlets. Push Square gave this like a 7 out of 10. So 
you're going to see that. And I think one of the problems with PlayStation review outlets doing that is they're grading it against first party titles. And it's like, well, it's built for one platform. That's not fair at all. Well, it doesn't look as good as God of War Ragnarok. Well, that's not a good way to grade a game at all. You should be grading it on in its context. Like this is a cross gen game. And it never promoted itself as having high graphical fidelity, just like Elden Ring. It's like Elden Ring never said it was going to be some graphical tour de force. That's not important. So if PlayStation outlets are doing that on Metacritic as well, and now Xbox outlets are doing the same thing, I don't think that you got to look at that and understand what you're seeing. You're seeing platform bias and both sides do it. It feels to me like we're maybe seeing that trend emerge where wherever you go to Metacritic, you're going to say, oh, Xbox first party games generally score higher than third and then PlayStation first party games are generally going to score higher uh, than third and the problem there is is that I mean PlayStation's had really good first party titles too so it's hard to know like everybody gave Ragnarok glowing scores everybody IGN Eurogamer Game Informer like it doesn't matter who they were like everybody gave Ragnarok a glowing score. So it's a little unfair. It's like, well, what what are they supposed to do? Not give it a good score? Like, that's just what happened in general with the last couple of first-party titles from PlayStation. Now, Call of the Mountain is, I think, their weakest first-party scoring game. I would have given Call of the Mountain a pretty weak score as well. I would have given it high marks for graphics and the feeling and the controls, but the gameplay drove me nuts. It was nothing but climbing. It shouldn't be called Call of the Mountain. It should be called Climb the Mountain. So you're certainly going to be dealing with that sometimes of like, yeah, if you grade individual pieces of the game, it's going to be higher or lower. But if you actually look at platform bias, that's, I think, going to be a continued issue with Metacritic going forward is, is are people lowering the score simply because it's not a first party title? Whoever they typically, you know, give love to would be would be the question. Is that motivating it at all? There's also the motivation of difficulty. Did they suck at the game? Right. Did they play real bad was that part of the problem hang on let me make sure I read everything here Lone Wolf with a $5 super chat Uh, when I was in high school you had to get a 70 to pass if it was under that it's a fail Uh, 70 to pass really and then Reckless with a 17 month VIP slackers and coasters unite quote this is fine Now, obviously, in my show open, I referenced both Push Square at 70 and Xbox Era at 65. Now, Xbox Era's was lower. I also think Xbox Era's an easy target because of how high they scored Redfall. Even pro Xbox outlets did not give that game good scores, right? It's at like a 50-something right now on, on Metacritic. When you're 30 points higher than the game's average score, that's suspicious, is it not, right? If if a PlayStation first party title came out and was terrible and had like a 60 and some pro PlayStation outlet gave it a 90, I'd be like, what in the frick are you smoking? You're clearly breaking from the pack and it's not because you truly believe the game is better, right? Same here, 70 was minimum passing. Really, 70, you need a 70 to pass. It always seems like PlayStation games are graded harder for standards, but it seems like Xbox games are graded easier for mediocrity. 
I mean, I'm not, I don't know about that. Here's the challenge. This is not a slam. We don't have a ton of Xbox first-party titles this generation to go on, right? We have Forza, Halo, Hi-Fi Rush, and Redfall. Like, come on. And, and what, and Flight Sim? So it's like we don't have a ton of games that are that are like representing this generation for them. I don't think you would say Halo represents this generation for them and I don't think you would say Redfall does goodness gracious so you know Forza I think it's unfair because like PlayStation 5 just has a stronger representation right now of like you can get games just for PS5 you can get some cross-gen games but they have way more first-party titles to review and when you look at them yeah they are getting higher scores and they do tend to be held to higher standards but I don't know if it's fair because, like, well, how many games have come out? Well, Grounded was early access. Grounded finally had their 1.0, did they not? I think Grounded was great. I really liked it. I wish it wouldn't have been so brutal from moment one. I thought I thought it was a little. I thought the slant of difficulty should have been a little slower. But overall, I thought I thought Grounded was cool. It looks like a casual game on the surface, but Grounded will absolutely kick your teeth in. It doesn't mess around. Those spiders will f you up. So, Armored Core 6, I think, is experiencing a handful of things. I think, in general, FromSoft games are always going to have this issue. I think Lords of the Fallen is going to have this issue. There's going to be people that play the game, and they're like, this game sucks. And what they're really saying is, I suck. They're like, I'm bad at the game. And so, you always have to kind of read, like, okay, they gave it a low score. Why? Like, what's the reasoning? You know? Anybody giving Armored Core 6 a low score because of graphics? It's like, it's it's not a it's it's a cross gen game. We talking about, you know, and if and if listen, if 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 PlayStation guys are gonna run to you know Forbidden West and Ragnarok and say, well, they're cross gen and they look beautiful and they added next gen stuff, that's fine. Armored Core didn't promote that. Armored Core didn't push for that. That's not within their aim and that's not what they tried to do. If a game. If a game doesn't try to do the next-gen graphical push, then you can't take a bunch of points off for that. Like, I've said numerous times, I don't think Starfield's going to be some next-gen tour de force, but I've also said that that's totally fine. I'm not going to take a bunch of points off because it doesn't have amazing, mind-blowing ray tracing. Now I'll take some points off because of the 30, but if they're, they're not, they've never once come out and told us that that's what they're going for, have they? Like, Horizon Forbidden West promoted cinematic lighting on the PS5, okay? Did, did we get any of that from Armored Core? Did we get any of that from Starfield? You always have to look at the marketing and ask the question, well, did they market it to do what you're saying? Did Armored Core market it as, as a game that was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing, mind-blowing story? No, it looked to me like they marketed it as a crazy, high-octane action mech game right like that's what they promoted and when you read the reviews of people that played it with that in mind it's like well they delivered on that they delivered a high octane action mech game you know with obviously the FromSoft philosophy of we're going to kick your face in we're going to we're going to brutalize you Starfield's going to be a 9 out of 10 I yeah I think Starfield's going to land in the in the high 80s on Metacritic. I think it's going to land in the high 80s virtually everywhere when you'd like total the scores, you know? I think I think that's where it's going to land. 88 88 89. I think that's going to be a I think that's a that's a that's a good showing. Like when I see 
Armored Core in the high 80s. I was like, that's a good score for Armored Core because it's easy for a game like this to get its butt kicked by the review outlets because they're getting their butt kicked. They almost turn around and, well, yeah, no, I, you know, this game is, what did the guy say, overly challenging in the one review? I think that was VG247 that said that, like overly challenging. In the realm of game scores, I think sixes are bad, sevens are mixed, eights are good to great, nines are amazing. Yeah, generally speaking, if I see a game landing in the 70s, I'm like, okay, that game's probably pretty mediocre. It's not bad, but it's also probably kind of mediocre. If I see it landing in the 80s, I'm like, oh, that's probably a pretty good game. That's a pretty good game. As if it's in the 90s, I'm like, there you go. That's, that's, that's a great game. Everybody's liking that game. If it's holding itself in the 90s, that's hard to hold on to. All it takes is a handful of outlets to give you a low score, and that in 90s, really above 90 is really hard to hold on to. Now, you see a 6. Who sees a 6 out of 10 and thinks, yeah, I might wait for a sale. I mean, I don't. If I see a bunch of 6s across the board, bro, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. Are you kidding me? Like, it should be a 1 to 5 scale. 1 to 10, there's too much in between. I think 1 to 5... No, I think the opposite of that, Henry Heck. I think 1 to 5 is too narrow. You don't get a good representation of the game. You just get like a real rigid... Think about it. On a 1 to 5 scale, anything below a 4 looks bad. 3 out of 5? When you go shopping on Amazon and you see something that's had a couple thousand reviews and it has 3 out of 5 stars, do you buy that? I don't. I need 4.5... I need a four to a four and a half or higher. If I see three stars on something on Amazon, bro, I'm not buying that crap. I know for a fact that's not going to be good. No way. That means it got a bunch of ones. It probably got a bunch of ones and twos if it's got a three. Ain't no way. High schools either go with the seven point scale or the 10 point scale. Uh, Here's why Lono thought it was failing. Ohio has a number of seven points. Oh, so yeah, I was right. Yeah, a 69% and below is failing. Yeah, I grew up in Ohio. I was like, that's a failing grade. I was like, 65? I was like, that's a terrible score. That's a failing grade. And you guys are like, nah, man. As long as you get 60, you're good. Yeah, what? <laughs> a freaking 60. I just, I can't imagine taking a pop quiz and being like, well, the guy next to me got 5 out of 10, and he failed. I got 6 out of 10. I'm good. Like, I got one more right than him. <laughs> we both did terrible. You know? Like a true and false test, you know, 50-50 shot. I got 6 out of 10. I'm good to go. <laughs> you know, skate through with a blindfold on if you're lucky enough. <laughs> 10-point spread per letter grade. It checks out and seems a lot more fair when you are the one in charge of calculating grades. I mean, in general, I don't... I'm I'm not, like... I don't necessarily think that I want to have a debate about schools and scoring. <laughs> you weren't right. You grew up amongst cave people. <laughs> Listen... I'd much rather have talk about game scores, review scores, alright? The Megatron Scarface t-shirt, I love the crossover. Yeah, I wore this intentionally for Armored Core today, you know? I thought people would like it. It's pretty dope, it's a pretty dope shirt, you know? And uh, remember, this one comes from 80s Tees, so always use code LONO over there if you guys order anything over there. You get a 30% off discount. 
the whole number system's outdated. Well, here's the thing, Cliffo. I don't think the numbering system is outdated if it's it's a culmination of a bunch of other things. Think about it like this. On a scale of 1 to 10, where do you grade the graphics? Where do you rate the story? Where do you rate the gameplay? Where do you rate performance? That's what it should be. You should have to go through and substantiate, well, why are you giving this game a 7 out of 10 on graphics? Well, it doesn't look next gen enough. Oh, okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't take that 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 score very seriously. I'd be like, it's not meant to be a super awesome next gen game it's a cross gen game they never promoted it with any of like next gen graphical promise so taking a bunch of points off for that and giving it like a lower score you know I would I would take that I would take that with a grain of salt I'd be like that's that's not come on that, that that's that's not that's not helpful Starfield will have new game plus I mean, have they confirmed that? I don't know why you're bringing up Starfield. That's not really what today's discussion is about. Unless you want to talk about review scores. Like, getting into the details of what's in Starfield, I don't... No one cares about that today. We're not talking about that. I brought up Starfield with respect to Metacritic review score predictions, not will the game have New Game Plus. That's You're, you're jumping into a different train track that's not pertinent to today. Greater plays of 28 months and a VIP gold. Good morning, Lono and everyone. I'm very much looking forward to playing Armored Core 6 tonight at midnight. It'll be my first Armored Core game. I love every FromSoft game I've ever played, and I'm a huge mech fan. Good to see you, Gritter. Treble Champ with a 5 spot. In my opinion, if it had difficulty modes and an easy mode, it'd be more accessible and would have higher review scores. Yeah, I don't feel like having that conversation with you again, Treble, because you're wrong, and I don't feel like telling you why again. The whole, it should have easy mode or other difficulty options... Right, yeah, and classical music should always have a drum set, right? And, uh, you know, every single movie should let me turn off the profanity. Like, you can't you can't insist on disrupting art simply because of your own preferences. Like, I'm so tired of having that discussion with people. Play something else. I'm dead serious. Uh, play something else. Like, stop trying to tell people what they should do with their art. Go make your own game. Like, seriously, that, that conversation's so old. Game reviews need a set standard for games to be reviewed by. It needs to be used by all reviewing outlets and then submitted to Open or Metacritic. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why this conversation seemingly continues to happen, right? It it continues to happen. We're, We're always discussing whether or not reviews are trustworthy or reviews are subjective right sorry just passing on the news you can't but you can't do that with a game like starfield aerodimus and you know it you're going to get us off talking about something that's not relevant to armored core at all like you can't take that game and do that you know it's it it, this is a this is a live fire exercise it's an organic you know living breathing social experiments i can't let things like that in the door because then we'll end up wasting i did that the other day right i completely lampooned and sabotaged my own show because I took the bait and I debated about game of the year on Baldur's Gate 3 and we wasted 30 minutes on that instead of talking about the main subject so you got to be careful with big titles you know and bringing them into this in, into the conversation it completely disrupts what we're talking about 
The owner of Gaming Bolt pressures the reviewers to change their scores. Do not trust them. I know this firsthand. Can you give me more information than that? What exactly you're referring to? I'm going to make a game and say I'm not focusing on gameplay and see how many people give me a pass because I wasn't trying for gameplay. Well, you're being hyperbolic and you're not representing what I'm saying very well. You're not. Because there's a difference between objectively having bad gameplay and being like, well, we didn't really focus on gameplay, right? Are the graphics bad in this? No. Objectively, you cannot argue that. There are ways to argue the objectivity of bad graphics. Is it blurry, muddy? Does it lack clarity? Does it perform poorly? Is the lighting bad? Is the is the crispness of it, like the crispness of the models and the colors is that bad? Right? Is it difficult to see what's going on? I'm not talking about performance. I'm talking about like art decisions, graphical decisions, okay? Just because it doesn't have next-gen graphical fidelity doesn't make it bad graphically right I I don't think you can do that they never once came out and said oh this is going to be some big amazing next gen game with next gen graphics listen Starfield Starfield doesn't get a pass but at the same time I don't think a ton of focus should be on Starfield's graphics unless of course you're having like the 30 FPS discussion you could say I don't really see anything graphically that requires a 30 FPS cap. But if somebody reviews Starfield and was like, yeah, it just doesn't have a lot of the next-gen graphics like ray tracing and, you know, all these other amazing textures and lighting effects, they never once promoted the game like that. I would rather somebody judge that game based on the fact that, like, is it a good RPG? How does the shooting feel? Did they successfully build winsome systems and and player incentivizations and an element of power fantasy and leveling up? Does that make sense? Same, the same exact, I apply the same thing to Elden Ring. If you, if you take a bunch of points off in Elden Ring because it doesn't have next gen graphical fidelity, that's not what they set out to do. They didn't build that. That's not what they promoted their game. AC6 does have ray tracing. I mean, I've never once thought it doesn't look good, but there are people that have been critical of the graphics. I don't, I don't have, any, I don't have any issues with the graphics in Armored Core. I think the, I think the graphics look great, but there are people that think the graphics don't look very good because it's a current, it's basically a current gen game. How on earth do we define next gen graphical fidelity? That statement's so ambiguous. Well, I mean, there's a handful of things that check the box, Hilly. High resolution, I think elements with uh, with ray tracing and lighting, I think that that's there's an element there. I think shading and shadows, I think that's an element that you could say th- this is using like older versions of this. It is certainly a nebulous term. There's not some specific definition somewhere that we can cite, right? Ray tracing is kind of dumb. Get used to ray tracing. Ray tracing is incredibly popular with developers because it automates much of the lighting work, and that's why they love it so much. It's a huge breakthrough for the developers. That's why you see it in so many games. I used to think the exact same thing. I thought ray tracing was a gimmick that killed performance, but ray tracing is really, really liked by developers because of what it does for development. The gameplay you showed literally where I'm at in the game, uh, and 
Man, when you guys retract your message for a typo, freaking quit that. I was reading that, Lone Wolf. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, the gameplay you just showed is literally where I'm at in the game. I'm so I was so confused for a second. Okay. You guys retract your messages all the time for like the slightest typo. Listen, I've been doing this for eight years. You don't have to do that. I will figure out what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm like halfway through a sentence and it disappears. I'm like, what? Like my brain glit like there's a glitch in the matrix. It's like, hey, I was reading that. <laughs> I was reading that. <laughs> oh my bad. It's been happening a lot lately. You guys are like sticklers for spelling. I'm like, bro, bro, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Uh when Koei Tecmo uses ray tracing, then I believe it's popular. <laughs> when this arbitrary standard of of uh of what I think makes it popular, that makes it popular. Sure, bud. You can't be serious. Plenty of developers are putting ray tracing in their game right now. Like it's it's these predictions were you know probably eight years ago you're seeing it all come to fruition right now just because some one developer that you think is like the be all end all hasn't switched like ray, ray tracing's everywhere there's another attracted message I, I wish I could turn that feature off like nope you gotta wear it you said something dumb or you mistyped something <laughs> you just have to wear it <laughs> You just have to wear it. No retracting of messages. Lono still uses hooked on phonics. It works for some. That's right. Thank you, Ruguru, for five months. Welcome back in. Oh, my gosh. Guys, guys, I, I feel really, really bad for the first gifted member today. Who was it? Who was it? It was Ragnarok. It, look at this. It's looking, it's, looking sad. it's looking sad over here. Somebody help out my man. I was mostly joking. I was going to say, come on, man. There are plenty of interviews about this. I'm about to delete this message. <laughs> I hate that feature too. Yeah, everyone would track their messages. You, if you guys, listen, that will, if you guys start retracting your messages, I'll shut, I'll shut the stream down. I'll just go play video games. I don't have to put up with your abuse. <laughs> I don't have to put up with your abuse. <laughs> I'll go play video games. Frick all y'all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Someone may watch this video five years from now and see my typo. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to give you a job here, but uh, upon further reflection, it's not what you said on Twitter, right? We don't really care about that. We don't believe in cancel culture. But these typos on YouTube, my gosh. <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> Who spells car with two R's? It's my Mexican heritage. <laughs> I made a mistake. It's a, just a mistake. <laughs> You're like trying to get the job. You're like crying. <laughs> uh. Discussing difficulty in a review, says Rob V, and how it affected your enjoyment is totally fair, uh, even valuable in some cases. But giving a game a bad score because too hard seems harsh. Yeah, I talked about that in the show open, Rob. I said... I actually think the Xbox era review and the VG247 review, even though they're low, like uh, they gave it a 65 and VGC gave it like a 6 out of 10, right? Even Push Square gave it like a 7 out of 10. I still don't think that's that bad of a score. But, but 
if you read their reviews, I still think it's valuable. I still think it's valuable because it's like, okay, well, this person got upset at these four things and gave it a bad score. Do those things also matter to me? No. Okay, well, I'm good to go. I'm going to buy this game. But if but if I played the game and I don't like games that are really hard, well, this review is now telling me to pass. said the exact same thing and I got lambasted. Oh, really? You said that the difficulty of a game should come into the review score? Let's reread what you said. If it had difficulty modes and an easy mode, it would be more accessible and would have higher review scores. So no, you said something completely different. You were trying to bring in this approachability debate, which is not the same as somebody saying, I really struggled with this game, and then they take points off. That's valuable information to the person reading it, depending on the type of player that they are. Arguing that, oh, the game would score better if they had easy mode. You know what? I'll take this action because your argument's ludicrous. No, it wouldn't. If From Software suddenly delivered an armored core with easy mode, it would not get better review scores. It would get worse review scores. Because the lion's share of the people playing this game and celebrating it are like, armored core is back. Fans of armored core can celebrate. And if you think them deviating from years and years of an art vision and they suddenly deviate from that and they give journalist mode to all these journalists out here so they can put it on easy mode oh it'll automatically get better scores no it wouldn't because everybody looking for a new armored core game would give it a bad score they would say this is not what armored core is about you turned it into another action adventure game that people can put on easy mode and coast through There's no prestige. There's no achievement anymore. Anybody can play this game and beat it with a blindfold on. So no, you're wrong. I don't think that's how it would play out at all. Virtually every review I listened to and read that was written or created by somebody who has a history with Armored Core or FromSoft games, that played a factor in them giving it a high score. Why do gamers think 6 and a 7 out of 10 is bad? No major outlet indicates that with their scoring system. Oh, really? You think so? So if Amazon had a scale of 1 to 10 on their items that they sell, and you were looking at printers, and there were printers with 8s and 9s, and you saw a printer with a 6 out of 10, you going to buy the 6 out of 10 printer because it's on sale? Are you? Are you going to buy? Let's say they're all the same price. 2023 is packed to the gills with games, okay? You gotta make your choices real carefully or your gaming budget's gonna disappear. There are so many games coming out, okay? So you got three printers that you can buy. Eight, nine, and a six out of ten. Are you gonna buy the six out of ten printer? Are you? You're trying to buy a house and you got some real estate agents and there's like reviews of how good the real estate agents are. Two of them are eights and another's a six. Who are you going with? You going to go with a six out of ten? Come on. We don't do this in any other avenue. I, like I said, a three out of five. Are you going to go and buy something from Amazon at a three out of five? I wouldn't. I look for four and above. A three out of five? It means a bunch of people gave it low scores. So if you see six out of ten, 
you're like, bro, there's there's clearly there's clearly something wrong here. That does not make the six out of ten or ten printer bad. It's just that some printers are better. No, I don't agree with that. You're creating a false dichotomy that just because it's six out of ten, it's either bad or good. You're, that's that's no, that's a false binary. Six out of ten doesn't mean we don't look at that and say good or bad. No, we say I. I don't know. I, that, that's not a very good score. I'm not going to give you my money. I'm not automatically concluding printer bad. I'm not automatically concluding that if I see a game with a 6 out of 10, game bad. I'm not doing that. I'm saying that's not a particularly good score. I don't have time. I, I can't buy every game and play every game that comes out. So 6 out of 10, when there's other games coming out getting 8s and 9s, think about what it represents, okay? In gaming, it's different for another reason, Okay. In video games, it's different because when you go to Amazon and you see that the printer has like a 3 out of 5, that's a bunch of consumers who got the printer and for whatever reason gave it low scores. When you go to review outlets for video games, they just reviewed 10 games. And there's like 8, 8, 9, 8, 7.5, and then you see a 6. So... They're clearly reviewing lots of games, and you're looking at the at the year, and you're like, "Well, I've got four games I can buy. Are you really going to give an allotment to the six out of ten game? Are you like, especially if you trust the outlet? You see what I'm saying? Like the the you look at the review outlet, and they have a history of reviewing games. It's not like one random person on the internet named Bob was like, "Yep, played it. It's a six. It's like, well, no, that's what these outlets do. They review games, and if they're consistently giving bunches of games this year, eights and nines, and then this one lands at a six. I'm not saying Armor Core is at a six. We're we're having like a philosophical discussion about whether or not a six out of ten is a bad score. You have me ready to go start an argument with somebody just so I can use some of these analogies you're spitting? Well, I'm not trying to, 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 to win an argument. I think it's a fun discussion. Like, if I look at a score and I see a 6 out of 10, I don't know how to see it any other way. I'm like, that's not a very good score. That's, that's a bad score. Is it a bad game? Well, again, that's subjective. Like, you might play a game that's gotten 6s and 7s and you're like, I, I thought that was pretty fun. I thought that was pretty good. It's, it is subjective. Now, some things are not subjective. Screen tearing, crashes, stutters, hitches, broken missions, falling through the map. You see, like, those are objective problems. If you're playing a game and it doesn't work right, that's not subjective. That's why when people say, well, I didn't have any problems, I'd just be quiet. Just admit that you don't have, like, a very, I don't know, either you have bad eyesight or a bad TV. Like, oh, I didn't have any problems in a game that's getting ripped to shreds by every tech benchmark company out there. Oh, I didn't see anything. Shh, just stop it. Like, come on. There's no subjectivity when it comes to problems and glitches and bugs. There just isn't. In my head, 1 to 4 is bad, 5 to 6 mid, 7 to 8 good, 9 to 10 is great. I mean, in my personal opinion, everybody's different. In my personal opinion, the minute it drops below a 7, that's probably not a very good game. Like, there's obviously a difference between not very good and bad in my, like, completely made-up arbitrary spectrum that we're throwing out here, right? 
Like, there's a bridge between good and bad, and it's the bridge is called not very good, right? Here's good games, here's bad games, and there's a bridge in between. There's a spectrum. There's a bunch of games that are not very good. Gotta let Survivor go. Anger is the path to dark side. This is ridiculous. It's not fair. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> uh. Anyway. No one's ever been on the council and has not been granted master. No game's ever been granted the title of game and has been that bad. DK Baker gives some memories. He says, come on, y'all. We can't miss this 25 goal. We've not missed it since November of last year. DK Bayer's back, back in the house. You argued earlier that 6 out of 10 is a failing grade. Yeah, it is. It's a failing grade. If I see a 6 out of 10, I'm I'm not buying that. Like, think about it like this. If a game comes out... And after all the Metacritic scores are totaled, and all the open critic scores are totaled, it has a 60%. What would you say about that game? You lining up to buy that? Are you? You lining up to buy that in 2023? Or would you say, well, that's a failing grade. That game didn't do too well. Is that game worth your money? Right, you pulling your wallet out for a 6 out of 10, and I mean every score has been totaled, and it's averaging like a 60%. You lining up to buy that game? Huh? You giving it your precious time? 6 out of 10 is not a failing grade because you've achieved more than half, which is a pass. Well, not in states that care about intelligence, Cliffo. <laughs> Lono math 65 equals weak I'm not sure what you're saying Lono math what are you telling me Eugene I would say it's not day one but maybe on sale doesn't make the game bad why are we so, like, okay, what game are you taking up for, Krenab? Why are you so dead set on, like, it doesn't make the game bad? What the frick are you talking about? If I, listen to what I said. If all the Metacritic scores and all the open critic scores are totaled and the game is averaging a 60% and you're like, what doesn't make the game bad? What the frick does? How do you get below a 60 you have to be literal trash, barely running garbage to land below a 60, bro. A 65 puts a game in the 25th percentile of all games. That's horrible. L- yeah, listen to that. Listen to that. That's what I'm saying. 60% doesn't make a game bad. What does? Let's put it this way. If 6 out of 10 is average and 5 out of 10 is slightly below average, Redfall is 5 out of 10. Is Redfall slightly below average? Frick, no. That's what I'm saying. You also got to remember personal bias. You could play a game people call 6 out of 10. It could be your game of the year. 3 out of 4 is trash. Right. And I would say 5 to 6 is bad. There's great, good, okay, bad, trash, and 
this is a, this is this is an abomination to our Lord. <laughs> like that's the spectrum, right? There's like excellent, great, good, okay, bad, trash. God Himself's condemning this. Like that's the spectrum of games, okay? Like Gollum got a thirty-four. That's trash. When you look at the entire spectrum of a game's score, and it gets a 60%, I'm telling you, every outlet has scored it, and its average is 60, that's a bad game, bro. You know why? Because that means people scored it below 60. It's got 40s and 50s out there. It's Maybe it's got some 70s or 80s, because, you know, Redfall got an 85, because... This is a great review right here, isn't it? Redfall's a fantastic fantastic in most ways. I, what in the world, right? You're always going to have those people pulling the score up. My super chat. Give me a second. Give me a second. Drew SSJ Havoc with a $2 tip. A 6 without the S is a 9. That I have no idea what you're trying to say. A 6 Without the S is a nine. Oh, because it's IX. That's a Roman numeral joke. You spent two dollars to do a bad joke. I give that joke a six out of ten. <laughs> I, I give that joke a six out of ten. Jesus is a gamer. What do you mean? He literally invented coming back to life. Like in every game where you respawn, he invented respawning. Of course, he's a gamer goodness he was the first one to do it right and he didn't even need patches like he still had holes afterward like come on bro of course he's a gamer (laughs) oh my gosh Bristol Manor with a $2 super chat. We're talking about how good 6 out of 10 is. So low IQ. Let me ask you something. Because a lot of you a lot, can't deny it, though. Thank you, True SSJ Havoc, with the $2. All right, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> Jesus was PC Master Race. His dad got him the best GPUs before they even came out. He's playing on a 5090. Ah, my joke was better. All right, listen. Let's say that you are behind like a two-way mirror right there's a lot of guys here mostly dudes right you're behind a two-way mirror and a bunch of women are discussing your looks right and let's say you get some fours and some fives maybe you get a seven you land on an average they ding 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 they total it all up and they're like you get in a six out of ten you feeling good you're like, oh man, that really put some pep in my step. <laughs> I'm going to go start a modeling career. No, it would probably hurt your feelings. <laughs> you would probably feel pretty bad for a while. <laughs> you know, right? They'd be sitting there being like, oh, I give him a 2 out of 10 for hygiene. I give him a 4 out of 10 for his hair. Do you know? You wouldn't walk away from that feeling good. You're like, man, <laughs> it's, I'm hitting the town tonight. <laughs> I'm hitting the town tonight, bro. <laughs> that was the shot. I, that was the confidence boost I needed. Okay. 
Now listen, if some of you are straight uggos, six out of ten would be a dream, okay? <laughs> six out of ten would be a dream, okay? If you got beat with the ugly stick, there's nothing you can do about that, all right? Some of you are just tough to look at, and that's okay. You know, makes the world go round. <laughs> but you get my point. You absolutely get my point. You would not be like, that's a good score. <laughs> that's a good score, bro. <laughs> I'd be happy, says Hilly. <laughs> oh, six out of ten is a W. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. <laughs> I'd wash the baby powder <laughs> break out the cologne and get rejected like a champ oh my word brown excellence with 7 months of memberships he says a 7 out of 12 that's right oh goodness gracious that's why I listen to this stream on audio only <laughs> uh, if your game score is 6 it has a score worse than 75% of all games if it scores as a 7, it has scored worse than 50% of all games. I understand now why people think a D is passing. <laughs> uh, Bear says, Wrong crowd for a joke about that, Lono. We hope for a 6 around here. I lost a lot of viewers on that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> all the uggos took their ball and went home. They're like, that was mean, bro. <laughs> that was mean, bro. <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, truth hurts, dude. The truth hurts. The good news is there's a lot of sixes out there on the other side, all right? (laughs) Now you know your weight class. Stop trying to hit above it. (laughs) Stop trying to hit above it. You'll be a lot happier. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A six out of ten is a bad score. That's the point. Right? A 6 out of 10 is a bad score. <laughs> oh. Crinab says, my scale is 2 to 3 broken, like Gollum. 4 to 5 bad, like Redfall. 6 to 7 okay, like Atlas Fallen. 8 to 9 good. Yeah, yours is just one digit off from mine, Crinab. I would say 7, 7 to 79 is okay. As soon as you get up into the 8 to 9, I'm like, that's good. Once you fall out of the 70s and you're in the 60s, I'm like, that's a bad game. I'm not playing that. Right? What it takes to fall down into the 60s... Well, that's really promising. Skill Up got hands-on Space Marine 2. He says it absolutely rules. I wonder if they pulled off what they've shown us up to this point graphically. I, it all looked like fake rendered footage to me. But we'll see. Is that game UE5? Ono ignores my coffee order. Did it pop up on the screen? It's supposed to play a little sound, but, you know, we pay Shopify for things that don't work. That's like their motto, you know? They're like, welcome to Shopify. You're paying $15 a month for stuff that won't work right. Um, let's see here. Thank you so much for the coffee order. It looks like we're looking at a, uh, three, three bags of dark roast. Thank you so much. What about review bombing? Do you want to know the truth about Metacritic? 
You want to know the truth? The user score doesn't matter anymore because they 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 literally like review bombing. They like it. <clears throat> That's the truth. Truth. That's the truth. You think it would be that hard for them to verify purchase? You think it would? There's plenty of websites that can that can sync up with your account. They can sync up with your Xbox account, your Steam account, your PlayStation Five account. I've done it plenty of times with sites. Right? When I go to Keymailer, it can see what I own in my Steam. It can. Plenty of websites can do that. Do you want to know why Metacritic doesn't do that? Because they don't give a frick. Review bombing is good for business. All those idiots that, that, that like drool on themselves and you know their controllers are Cheeto covered and they all flock to Metacritic to review bomb games. They, they love those morons because they're good for business. It's great for ad revenue. Do you know how their tra- their traffic would slow down if they implemented um, verified purchase protocols? It would. Their their traffic would slow down. Because you okay, think about it like this. Imagine if you went to Starfield on the day it came out and you had to verify purchase to leave a review. You'd get about you'd get probably like half the foot traffic, half. Why? Because all the review bombers, all the friends of the review bombers, all the people celebrating the review bombing, they're not going to the website. Are you saying that you think Metacritic likes bombing simply because of traffic? Oh yes, I believe they love it. I firmly believe that Metacritic thinks it's amazing because they would put a stop to it if not, and they don't. It gets them in headlines. Think about it. Blogs, videos, and tweets. Review bomb, Metacritic, Metacritic's getting review bombed away, so what do people do? They go to Google. Metacritic. It's great for SEO. It's great for search It's uh, search, search uh, algorithmic ranking because everybody's going to Google and searching for Metacritic because they're hearing about, oh, such and such a game got review bombed. It, it it bangs on all cylinders for them. That's why they don't do anything to fix it. It's not UE5. It's the Saber engine. Thank you, Wheeze. Ooh, I got a great back pop. That's the rev- that's the that's the gameplay. Okay, Wheeze. What's the what's the release date for for Space Marine? If they're letting people play it. Why else would a review outlet not want their reviews to be validated? There's got to be a way to only get scores from the players. Why the heck doesn't anyone aggregate scores from PlayStation and Xbox Online? I don't know. Who are the game reviews that you trust? Well, for me personally, it's not about trust. I generally think you get very accurate and good reviews from SkillUp. I think people that, that attack him or slander him are idiots that don't know what they're talking about. That dude's burned bridges with developers to tell you the truth about bad games, right? So I think generally he's very, very trustworthy. I think he's very thorough. He takes his time with the game. He respects the game enough to really do that, right? Like his Baldur's Gate 3 review hasn't even dropped yet, okay? So in the realm of YouTubers, I really like skill up stuff. I rarely disagree with the way he frames things and couches things. I thought his Deathloop review was so on the money because I re- I really ripped that game to pieces, and he was one of the few people that did. That game got media darling treatment, and skill up was like, I don't get it. Why? Right? He recommended Immortals. What do you mean Immortals? Immortals of Avium? I would recommend Immortals of Avium. I had a fun time with it. I thought it was a perfectly good game. I think Immortals of Avium would fare a lot better if it was 50 bucks. 
I think we've had this discussion. It's pertinent to the Armored Core reviews, right? What's good, Mitch? Good to see you. It's pertinent to the discussion. Armored Core is reviewing very well for the most part. We are seeing some lower scores, but overall it's landing in the mid-80s, mid to high 80s. That's excellent for a FromSoft game. That's excellent for a mech game, right? Like, this, this game could very easily... This game could very easily turn people off, right? Excellent to see. I think Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to score better because it's $50. And I think with a brand new title like Immortals of Avium, due to its size and scope, and clearly it just feels like it was built by a smaller team. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels built for a smaller team. I think if Immortals was 50 or 60 bucks, it probably would have reviewed better. I think it's a perfectly fine game. I think it's fun. I think it needs a little bit of aim assist. And other than that, I think the combat's really cool. There's not another game where I can play combat like that. I always said that about Anthem. Hate on Anthem all you want. I could not play a game with Anthem's combat anywhere. And Immortals of Avium delivers literally a a new, fresh perspective on here's magic from a first-person perspective. Here's agility, verticality. Here's layered elements to combat. There's things you can do to get rid of shields, dodge attacks, you know, increase damage, mitigate damage, move the enemies. There's a lot of depth to Immortals of Avium. I think we need to start to consider pricing structures where AA games should land in 50 to 60 and the big AAA should land at 70 to 80. I think it would make more sense to the consumer. It'd be like, oh, this is a game, this game's $50 and they'd go in with expectations in line with that and then it would score far better. But when you spend 70, people are thinking 70, they're thinking Ragnarok, Forbidden West, they're thinking like big AAA top shelf titles and it's like that's not fair to the game did the developers decide to charge 70 probably not it's probably the publisher you got developers working on immortals of avium doing great work but they only have so much bandwidth there's only so much they can do and then you throw it in the store for 70 dollars. well that's not the developer's fault if like, like think of it another way assassin's creed mirage imagine if the, if the people in charge decided to make assassin's creed mirage 70 dollars it would do the same thing people would be like well this isn't a 70 dollar game it's a, it's a, it's a shorter campaign it's a smaller game it doesn't have nearly as much playtime as a game like valhalla origins or odyssey so it, it being at 70 dollars it would actually hurt its score don't you see it's it's a, it's a matter of of perception that's really what that's what reviews are, right? It's all about perception, and going into a $70 game is going to affect perception and review scores. Interesting you said that. Notice the price disparity. Yeah, between Last Epoch and Diablo 4. One's 35 bucks, one's 70 bucks. Right, like... That affects perception. Immortals is definitely on the Steam sale list. Yeah, I thought Immortals was fun. I I didn't see any major flaws in the game at all. I didn't. I had I had no issues with it. They're definitely doing something with the dynamic resolution to maintain sixty. Apparently, there's no motion blur in the game, but it looks like there is motion blur. That's likely dynamic resolution causing a blurring effect. It would be my guess. I don't know if Digital Foundry is going to do a full breakdown, but that would be my my guesstimation. Would be the reason it looks like it gets a little bit blurry at times is because it's it's adjusting the resolution to maintain 60 FPS. There's a lot going on in that game. A lot of explosions, a lot of particle effects, a lot of lighting. Deathloop was like Prey Moon Crash, but less inspired. Didn't Skillup in his review of Deathloop recommend playing Prey Moon Crash? Isn't that what he said? It was like a better game, he thought. 
I would say Immortals is an on-sale gap filler title for me. Right, and if it was 50 bucks, the conversation would probably be different. You'd be saying, oh, I'll buy that and burn through that in a week. That'll be fun while I wait for Armored Core. You see what I'm saying? I think companies need to consider that. I really do, especially if you have years. Like, consider what's happening right now in 2023. Look how dense the year is. It's insanely dense. Like, October's gonna combust. There's so many games coming out. You position yourself really well if you get a little out in front like AC Mirage is and you charge $50. Right? Because people say, oh, 50 I can buy that game. I can get. I can beat that before all the big games come out. It being fifty wouldn't fix the writing. Yeah, well, writing, writing your opinion on writing subjective. I thought the writing was fine. I thought Gina Torres was great. I thought the lead guy did his job. It's a little cliche. It's dealing in tropes, and that's okay. Uh, not every game needs to deliver like game of the year level writing and storytelling. The story. In Immortals of Avium did its job. What's going on? What's the problem? Here's the problem. How are we going to fix it? Here's how we're going to fix it. That's it. That's all it's supposed to do. We got baddies, right? We have a mysterious power that I somehow have. Okay, that's a little bit of a trope, a little bit of a cliche. That's fine. It's double cheeseburger narrative. Right. Sometimes you just want a double cheeseburger. You don't need a five-star ribeye every night of the week now some of you might disagree <laughs> like really <laughs> that sounds great sometimes you just want a double cheeseburger buddy you know I'm that way with movies sometimes I just want to watch things blow up you know sometimes I just want to watch a movie that's you know kind of a just a, a summer blockbuster and then sometimes I want to watch No Country for Old Men I, I don't want to sit down every time I watch something and have it have this, this, this depth and this gravity and this seriousness and this tone I don't need that every time that's exhausting it's that way with music sometimes you want to listen to a metal album beginning to end just blistering your ears and then other times it's like ah, let's put on some Coldplay or put on some classical or you know, put on the Foo Fighters. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think every game needs to be... I think this is where we get lost. We This happened yesterday during Future Game Show. There were people in, in, the, in the audience just being negative and nasty. And I'm like, you're literally in, I think, one of the best years in gaming that I can remember. You're in the midst of one of the best years in gaming. Last night, I went to pre-order the, the new PSVR 2 game and Armored Core 6 so that they were installed and ready to go. And you know what I saw on the storefront? I saw Lords of the Fallen. I saw Lies of P. I saw Spider-Man 2. I saw, what were some of the other ones I saw? I saw Assassin's Creed Mirage. I saw, um, I, li- I listed them in Discord somewhere. And I was like, what the frick is going on? I was like, what's going on? There's so, we're, it's August and I, and I still have this long list of games coming. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to play all these games. And then people watch a game like Future, a, a presentation like Future Game Show, and like, these games are lame. These games suck. No, your attitude sucks. 
we have bangers big massive triple a bangers coming out like every other week yeah alan wake too like if jedi survivor had landed well this year would be almost perfect there'd be almost no blemishes on it let's forget redfall redfall didn't even count they didn't even want to make that game just forget that game starfield's coming and then you watch something like Future Game Show and you see smaller titles like Indies, AAA, I'm sorry, Indies and AA's and PSVR games and, and PC VR games. And you're like, these games are lame. No, you are. Y- you are. You're expecting something completely unreasonable. It would be like going to the board game aisle in Target and being like, why isn't every game at the level of complexity of um azul or wavelengths right what are these stupid card games doing here why what's boggle doing here and you start throwing stuff on the ground well what do you mean there's a wide variety and breadth of board games available not every single game can be settlers of Catan or or splendor like not every game can be like that some games are just Uno. We forgot Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> oh. I think those independent games are interesting. I do too. I think like somebody once said that like I don't like indie games or whatever and they they were it's just it's just one of those people that just like lie about me, right? I have tons of indie games in my Steam account. I had a channel called First Look where we were trying to showcase indie games, but the work that went into playing them, it didn't warrant what we got out of it. Like, the channel wasn't big enough and the interest in the volume for indie games isn't there. That's something we can do once we're once we're much bigger. Like, recently people said I was, like, really pretentious because I said that I get, like, codes for small indie titles. And I was like, I'm not being pretentious. I'm not big enough to cover those games. You have to have a very, very large channel if you're going to say, hey guys, here's a game that maybe 2,000 people are following on Steam, and I think it looks really cool. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not big enough to do that. Now, hopefully one day I am. Because indie titles are awesome. Do you guys remember when we played that game Nine Souls once in members? I was like, man, I wish I had a channel where I could show this off. That game Lunar Abyss yesterday, it looks like Returnal and Destiny had a baby. I was like, man, I wish I could play that and talk about it and give my thoughts on it. I don't have the size in the pool to do that. I think I think indies are, are, a, are a massive, massive ocean of potential great experiences. And I think people miss out on it because they want every game to be, you know, AAA, insane, bonkers, right? Nine Souls. It's such a cool game, isn't it, Wheeze? Such a cool, such cool mechanics and creativity. I wish I could boot up and play Blasphemous 2 with you guys today, but it would tank and do terrible, and that's not good for the channel or for me. I have to be intelligent about what I do and don't do with my time. That's how you're successful. Like, you can't just do whatever the frick you want. You can't be self-indulgent in business. I was walking the city streets and somebody came up to me and handed me a copy of Redfall. I threw it on the ground. <laughs> Jerry has something to say about 64 Metacritic score. Pascal's wager. That game was so bad. Uh, it's a day one. The demo was so good. 
I literally played the demo like five times. Yeah, I played the demo of Nine Souls on stream with you guys. It was so fun. Been playing the Wandering Village. It's the perfect fill. Yeah, Wandering Village looked really cool. Do you guys remember the game I, I showed you guys called Dome Keeper? Dome Keeper's a cool little game. Super creative. You know? Indie titles, I think, have tons of potential. They really do. Guys, we are about an hour and a half into the show. Let's shoot for 400 likes. And this member goal, let's do something about this sadness over here. I think we might have to go on a single gifted member train. I don't think we're going to get any bombs today. The big boys dropped their bombs yesterday, and you hit the stretch goal of 4,500. We're going to we're gonna have to pull hard probably today to hit our 25 goal. Every 25, I gift five. And let me tell you where we stand with membership. People were asking for a stretch goal of 5,000, and I have to play Gollum without complaining, and every complaint I have to gift a member, and currently you guys are at 4,550. So you are you are still well past the 4,500. Uh, so thank you so much. Everybody who hit subscribe today, thank you so much for doing that. We've gotten uh, a handful of new subscribers, and we greatly appreciate that. I'm getting a bunch of alerts about... Uh, soccer people RSVPing uh, and reminders. I was like, why do I have um, so many? Parasito with five gifted members. He says, come on, boys. Let's jump on the train. A couple of people do fives and we'll be done. We'll nail it. Thank you so much. Abe with 29 months. Does this count for the member goal? No, it does not. Abe, uh, it's only new. I'm not going to... If I gifted five every tw- every five for... Um, Renewals, I would that would be bad. I would lose money on that. <laughs> um, uh, we're gearing up for an upcoming this, and the game has uh, coming late October. And yes, we could sure anticipate it. Man, oh man, do I need an agent really, really badly? We keep getting, I keep getting offers. Rob V with a gifted member. Thank you so much. I keep getting offers to play games and they're like, what's your price? I'm like, I don't know what my price is. And I don't want to get into the negotiation or any of that. Like, I need somebody to handle that crap for me. That's like the fourth email this week where they're like, hey, we'd like you to check out this game. Yo, here we go. Slow. It's a single gifted member train. Rob V starts it off. Then Zach Smith. Then Patrick. Slamming it home to 10. There we go. That's the way, boys. If you just got a gifted member, you can enjoy our members-only content for the next month. Yeah, Abe's back. Yeah, Abe's been a little, Abe's been a little MIA. Interesting. Immortals of Avium scored lower on the lowest on PC. I wonder if they're having issues. It got a 70 on PlayStation and it got an 83 on Xbox. Hey. Well, there's 52 people that reviewed it on PlayStation and only 10 on Xbox. That makes it a little bit easier to keep the score in check. But nobody on Xbox gave it a low score then if only 10 people reviewed it. 52 people reviewed it for PlayStation. Only 7 people reviewed it for PC. That's really interesting. I didn't have any issues. This creature is a... No, creature's not my agent. He wears about 17 different hats, and that's a hat that he doesn't wear particularly well. It's not his skill set. He's, he's great at YouTube and editing and thumbnails and strategy and planning and put him on the phone with somebody or in an email with somebody for, you know, what's your rate and this and that. And I'm not good at it either. Neither of us are good at it. 
We need help. <laughs> I just need somebody that's happy to do it because you'll get 10% every time. Like, you get 10% off every deal. I just need an agency. Like, you get 10%. I think the problem is, is most of my deals wouldn't be high enough for most agents to want, right? 10% of somebody who's like 50,000 and they get 10% of all those deals, that's much better than like 10% of the deals that I would get, if that makes sense. We just don't have the volume or the size just yet. Yo, Bengals fan, thanks for renewing and jumping back in. Has a 66% on Steam. It's got to have performance issues if that's the case, Wheeze. I I didn't have any issues on my PS5. You know, that, that it's... That obviously means nothing for the PC audience. Got a 74 on Open Critic, and about 60% of them recommend it. Good news. We came to an agreement. Bad news. It involves you going and effing yourself. Sorry, buddy, but at least I didn't stab him this time. Uh, yeah. Something like that. The PC port's bad. Not not a good time to be a PC gamer, dude. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 is great, but... Baldur's Gate 3 is great, but it, it, it cannot cover the sins of all these other games coming to PC. Alex ripped it up. Uh, uninspiring talent system. Combat's too simplistic. Well, that's Tech Radar's verdict, but that has no, doesn't say anything about performance. He says that's not far from right. My go-to sales pitch. You want this or not? Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much how he approaches it. <clears throat> Your gamer two, PC gamer sixty-eight, IGN eight. Games Radar 3, Metro Game Central 5, Game Informer 8, GameSpot 5. Man, Immortals of Avium is all over the place. Admittedly, I didn't get far, but I didn't have any problems. Like, I enjoyed it. I was I wanted to play more. That's generally a good sign in my book, but... <clears throat> um... Yeah, hang on. Mm, is this thing ready? Uh, yeah, it's ready. Today. At. Mm. I wasn't watching the time. That might have gone out quick, uh, fast enough for people to get to 30. I'm going to need the, the member's thumb to set up redirect. How do we expect Armored Core to sell? Well, it's not going to hit the commercial success of Elden Ring, but I think it'll be successful given given the uh, size and, and, and the scope. Hit up Devin Nash's agency. Man, he works with big talent. Brother, he's working with Caitlin. You think he's going to work with me? Console graphics on Immortals look muddy. High-tier PCs barely passing. I didn't see anything muddy. I didn't get very far, though, so maybe it gets worse. I don't know. If you already said something, what do you think of the PlayStation Portal? In 30 minutes, I have a video about it. 
I have a video about it. I think a lot of people are missing the mark on this thing. There's misconceptions. We can talk about it in members. We can do it. It'll, the members only debrief. We can debate about it because I watched Alex's video this morning about it. I watched a bunch of Twitter interactions about it. And yeah, I'll give you my thoughts in a debrief. I find the whole thing comical. You, hit, you think it hits about 3 million, says Wheeze? Yeah, I would say it would probably land in the 2 to 3 million. I just, you know, FromSoft's got pull. More people are looking to them now. Elden Ring's probably helping out a little bit. Um, but it's still it's still a mech game, you know? And I think a lot of people are going to look at it and say, yeah, no thanks. <clears throat> you need a beast of a PC to properly play Immortals. I have a stronger PC and had to set it to low. On PS5, completely different experience and better. You have the most discerning eyeballs, Lono. No shade, just asking. I mean, I think so. I think I pick up on stutters and hitches and frame drops. I mean, my experience with Jedi Survivor, um, my eight years of experience as a streamer and looking for, you know, spin tests and frame drops and like the slightest bit of frame hitches and blurriness, I pick. I typically pick up on because. I've been through, you know, hours of capture tests and pass-through tests on my capture cards. I would actually think I am one of the better people for, like, I have an attuned view to say, that's doing something funny, or that's getting this or that, or it's blurring or whatever. I think I'm going to pick up on that faster than most. 10 spot from Forza. Forza game graphics got a big upgrade at Gamescom, Series X gameplay, and it will improve. Told you your GT comments won't age well. Thanks for the 10 spot. No one cares. Xbox Series S has become a hot topic of days, but the game developers have been raising red flags about supporting the lower-end console since before it was announced. Wrote this in 2019. Talk about not aging well. All the people that called me a hater for saying what I've been saying about Series S. Is looking real silly, including Phil. We got to save that. I can't talk about that today. That's a saved topic for next week. I'm going to gather everything I can. I'm going to gather everything I can. There's interviews, but there's people there talking to devs off the record. There's a whole thing brewing, and we can't talk about it today because I'm going to go out and properly research and gather everything I can, but. It's getting worse. You could have just wrote that here. You ain't got to spend ten. the the way that The way that a lot of people have been arguing lately. I had a guy tell me today that he said it on Twitter. He said Forza Motorsport, Starfield, and Hellblade look better than anything PlayStation's done. And I was like, "Really? Those games haven't even come out yet." Okay. Like, if you want to put Starfield's graphical fidelity up against anything PlayStation 5's put out up to now, dude, go for it. Go for it. You are more than welcome to do that. And Hellblade's not out yet. (laughs) And neither is Forza Motorsport. So, we don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way to know what you're looking at at Gamescom is, is, is accurate or not. So, I, you're, the presumption that those games are going to look far better, I, I think you're going to have a really hard time demonstrating that. I really do. 
I think you can come close and tie. I think Forza Motorsport can come close and tie GT7 if they if they improve some of the things that I've seen. But I've the side by sides I've seen on Twitter from numerous outlets don't look very good. I've seen guys that are like, man, I love Forza and this doesn't look this does not look this does not look as good as I was hoping. You won't have tracks when it launched. You won't have features when it launches. You can keep coming up with weird ways to like jump over, backflip, break your back on logic that doesn't make sense to anybody else to justify getting games late without stuff. The rest of the world just doesn't freaking care. Half the tracks, less features. Yeah, and it was delayed. Like, if 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 pointing that out is hate, then you quite literally have Stockholm syndrome. Like you're just accepting and defending bad treatment. I, there's nothing I can do to save you out of that. If me being like that game got delayed, it's launching with half the tracks and it's launching missing features, and you're like, yeah, but 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 no. If your response to that is not criticism and demanding better then you have just fully embraced Stockholm Syndrome and I can't help you. You're just going to consider, you're just going to call me a hater and call me a nasty name and then you're going to move on about your day. You can't help these people that have just dug themselves all the way down into a ditch of just accepting mediocrity and bad treatment and disappointment. It's like, okay, I can't help you, man. I can't help you. Celebrating a half-finished game is weird. It's just, it's the ultimate weirdness. I Like, I cannot imagine a PlayStation game launching like that and it not being absolutely just shredded. If GT7 would have launched with half the tracks and missing features, if Ragnarok would have launched missing features, like, that would have been, that would have been absolutely ridiculed and shredded. Just, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what to do with with those exchanges anymore. Other than just like, if they get nasty, I just block them. I'm like, I you you know, nobody can save you. Nobody can help you. You don't care. You don't value this. P P Rock said it in a video recently. So, Doc Dark, I like his stuff. He leans Xbox. Porter Rock leans the other way. And P Rock's theory is that the the casuals won. That's basically his argument. He's like, the casuals won. It's a casual gamer mentality to be like, well, it'll come eventually. I'm just playing on Game Pass. It's okay if it launches without features. It's okay if it launches and it's not very good. He's like, that's a real casual, you know, gamer mindset. And a hardcore gamer looks at that and is like, what the heck is this? And I think... What you're largely seeing is the guys on Twitter, the pundits and the mouthpieces, I think the reason they get so emotional is because I think they're having like a crisis. It's like you're literally having a crisis because you've been defending this ecosystem and this box and this company for years and you've been bashing Sony and now you're turning around and you're like, what am I actually defending? Like, what am I defending? Like, the identity of the platform is changing. The reason people call me an Xbox hater is because I came to the realization over the last three years, they're not doing what I value. And that makes me a hater. And the reason you get in your feelings and the reason that they lash out and attack me is because 
they don't have a, a substantive argument. The minute somebody goes to personal attacks and insult, they're just admitting they don't have an argument. Like that that whole that this whole emerging fight and narrative and conflict, it's not going to get calmer anytime soon. It's going to get a lot darker before it gets any better. And I think P-Rock's right. I think the casuals won. And all these guys that think they're hardcore gamers, it's like, brother, you're defending a platform that's not targeting you. They're not targeting you as a, as a consumer. Because they're not targeting me. Clear the casuals won. Mobile gaming is the biggest segment by monetary value these days. Most mobile games aren't exactly AAA and mostly are gotcha-style games. Well, I wouldn't say that that the casuals won overall because it's not like people are leaving Nintendo and PlayStation or or PC to play mobile. Like if you look at the PC gaming landscape and then you look at Nintendo saturation, you look at PlayStation saturation, those communities are not flocking to mobile. Mobile appeals to like the non-gamer world that just wants to game on the go and game on their lunch break. Thank you, Biggity, for seven months. God of War and Horizon were both delayed and missing features. Look it up. No, that's false. They were not missing features. Yes, they were delayed. Virtually every game was delayed out of 2020. That's that's not true. What features were they missing? Tell me to look it up. Burden of proof is on you. You have made a claim. They were missing features. What features were they missing? I will wait for you to literally list nothing because I covered both of those games in their marketing, in their releases. The only thing I ridiculed in both those games was how they marketed Ragnarok and how they weren't going to give people the free $10 upgrade um, from the PS4 version of the PS5 and Horizon Forbidden West like they promised. I took Sony to task for that. I was like, just let people upgrade for free. That's freaking ridiculous because that's what they originally promised for Forbidden West. There were no missing features. It's not like they launched without performance mode. Oh yeah, sorry, no 60 FPS. They didn't they didn't launch without that. They didn't launch like missing levels or content. New game plus and picture mode. New game plus. You think new game plus is a missing feature at launch? That is a common thing that gets added later. Are you are you actually serious? So you think Photo mode and New Game Plus are like, well, yeah, those are missing features. Plenty of games have been adding New Game Plus later. That's pretty common. You're going to actually claim that's the same as not having performance mode or lacking tracks? Come on. That's not a core game feature. Are you serious? Good night. Numerous games have been adding new game plus later. That's a common that's a common thing. That is not like a day one, oh I better have new game plus. I better have photo mode. What did somebody say not an hour ago? PlayStation games are held to a different standard. If you think the lack of photo mode in new game plus is equal to not having performance mode or missing half of the tracks, come on. Talking out of your rear end. Five gifted members from Infinite setting up a 10-bomb layup. You, that's so weak, and you know it's weak. And they never came out and said, oh, sorry, we can't have features at launch. 
Hang on, he tipped $10, another $10. Forza says, I like your content. No one's taking a shot at you. You compared against test footage. The game is running on a Series X at Gamescom. GT7 release with less tracks and cars also. Okay, thanks for 10 spot. I don't care, bro. Another 5 spot from Abe. If, if the, the, I'm telling you, you asked him for missing features. New Game Plus and Photo Mode are missing features. But you're creating a false equivalency. A developer coming out and saying, these legacy features and these tracks will not be in the game at launch. Saying that that's equal to Photo Mode and New Game Plus, I've, I literally feel like I'm talking to stupid people. Like, what are you even saying? You can't, you cannot be real right now. Like, I feel like that woman on the plane, that, that person in chat is not real. You're not real if you actually think that. New Game Plus in Photo Mode is equal to not having Performance Mode in Redfall, missing entire playlists in Halo, no co-op in Halo at launch, no split screen in Halo at launch. Those are legacy features of Halo. And then the the guy from Forza literally says, yeah, no split screen at launch, and it has half the tracks are coming later. Get out of here. How many tracks are in Gran Turismo 2023? It had 37 locations with 108 layouts. Yeah, no Forge in Halo either. You couldn't replay campaign missions in Halo at launch. Another legacy feature that was missing. Find me one, just one dev apologizing for not having New Game Plus at launch. Yeah, because that's not an expectation. Nobody goes into a game at launch and is like, I can't believe there's no New Game Plus. You're moving the goalpost now? You ask him for missing features. New Game Plus and Photo Mode are features. You didn't say equal features. He is correct. If you're going to respond to me stating, here's a delayed game that is missing features, and you're like, oh, but God of War Ragnarok was missing features, and it's like, well, what features was it missing? New Game Plus and Photo Mode? Okay, those aren't equivalent. And you made your account three days ago, so I know who you are. I'm telling you, it's all—it's always like you shift the goalpost, and then because I want to bring them back, you call it goalpost shifting. Kid Smooth did that on Twitter the other day. He shifts the goalpost, and everyone's like, "No, no, 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 no! This is what we're talking about. It's all oh, your goalpost shifting." It's like, no, we're. This is an argument tactic that I picked up on recently. Is people will shift the goalpost to something completely different, irrelevant, or non-equivalent, and then when you try to shift it back, they're like, "You're shifting the goalpost," and it's like, "No, I'm not." We're talking about a game that is telling you legacy features and racetracks will not be in the game. That's content. That's content. That's not even features. Racetracks aren't features. That's content. It's content. Well, God of War Ragnarok was delayed in missing features. Really? What? I didn't see any headlines about that when it came out. What are you talking about? A new game plus and photo mode. 
And when I point out that those aren't equal, you're like, well, you're just shifting the goalposts. No, I'm not. Sports is missing content. You think performance mode is equal to photo mode? Really? 10 bucks, that guy's in here. That alt that was created three days ago, that's getting clipped and put on Twitter. Why? Because you guys are so in your feelings that you can't see. You are defending mediocrity, bad launches, and you're going to run to what? God of War Ragnarok missing photo mode? That's what you're going to run to? You're getting a game with less content, less features after being delayed, and your defense is, well, God of War Ragnarok didn't have New Game Plus in photo mode. Bro, like I said, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. You're literally like, it's okay that this person's beating me and abusing me, because sometimes your parent comes home late from work. Like, they're not equal, bro. You're getting mistreated as a consumer, and then you're looking over here and you're like, well, you had to wait for photo mode. Huh? Do you hear yourself? You sound like a crazy person. Final Fantasy 16 didn't have Leviathan. They cut features. What is that? What are you talking about? <clears throat> I think we can agree the best game is the one that launches complete. I have never booted up a game and thought this game's not ready for launch because it doesn't have new game plus in photo mode. I've never thought that. Those are like extra additive things that commonly get added later. I played so many games that add New Game Plus later. I played so many games that add photo mode later. That's super common as like a free additive update later. Like, here, have some fun with this. Like, nobody, nobody buys a game and thinks, this game was not ready. No photo mode and no New Game Plus. You want to know why Jedi Survivor wasn't ready? Because it runs like garbage. Like, that's why it run, it, it wasn't ready. You want to know why Redfall wasn't ready? It runs like garbage. It doesn't have performance mode. Do you want to know why Forza Motorsport's not ready? It's missing tracks. That's content. That's not features. That's content. Like, n- they're not even remotely equal. Brett Williams with the $5 Super Chat tip. Imagine Ragnarok releasing with the opening Thor battle and PlayStation players uh, without it. Oh, without the battle and they're defending it. No way that would ever happen. Why is New Game Plus even a priority for a new release game? Yeah, it's it's commonly added later. Commonly. Because it's not a priority at the beginning. It's like, who needs New Game Plus when the game launches? All a racing game is, is cars and tracks. The rest is just gravy. Well, we have a tweet from uh, Sven Vinky at Larian. Happy to confirm that after meeting with Phil Spencer yesterday, we have found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year. Still, something we've been working towards for quite some time. I told you they were going to get that game out this year. <laughs> I was like, they were going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm really interested in what the solution is. I really am. 
Creature, I don't have the members only thumbnail yet, and we have 10 minutes. Um, imagine Santa Monica saying performance mode coming at a later and unannounced date. Remember the movie Speed? Imagine the bus was full of uh, delusional Xbox fans. I would uh, I would give up, jump out of the bus. Oh, stop it. <clears throat> Solution is no split screen. I mean, he once again said in an interview, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. We're going to cover it at a later date because I've lost a lot of respect for him last couple of days. Just bursting at the seams full of crap. Like, what are you even saying? It's a creative decision. He said that Larian and Xbox have not indicated that it's a problem with the S. I'm like, what did you just say? Absolutely, absolutely equipping that audience to go around and lie and make Larian look bad. Like, if I was the developing world, I'd be paying very close attention to what's been going on there. I'd be paying very close attention. You want to work with Microsoft? You do? Because if you have trouble getting your game on their platform and you have trouble with features, they're going to make it sound like it's your fault. Oh my gosh. He tweeted this just nine minutes ago. All improvements will be there with split-screen co-op on the Series X. Series S will not feature split-screen co-op, but will include cross-save progression between Steam and the Xbox Series. Oh. My. Gosh. That's the CEO of Larian. I I did not predict that. I thought they'll just drop split-screen to get that game out this year. They dropped parody. I called that one wrong. Y'all were right. Y'all were right. Y'all told me you said no. They're just gonna drop parody. They're gonna drop parody. F that thumb, no one will notice. We have we have eight minutes, creature. You're putting me up against the wall here. I have to be able to schedule the member stream before the premiere goes live. I can't do it after. I can't do it after. I'll, I'm just gonna use the other one then taking me all the way to the buzzer today uh we're not going to talk about the portal anyway parody has fallen game was too hot well we know what we're I was going to play armored core tomorrow son of a frick I was going to play armored core tomorrow that is Mm. 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 Alright. Frick. That's so annoying. That's so annoying. That's extremely annoying. Why are you playing Armored Core? Why are you talking about them dropping parody? Why are you, why are you doing it? Why are you playing a video game and enjoying yourself? You have to talk about them dropping parody.
AC6 for Friday night. I wanted to play. I wanted to play the VR game Friday night with Eugene. I'm so, I'm so grumpy right now. I'm genuinely grumpy. You just couldn't. You just couldn't let the week go by, could you? You couldn't do it, Xbox. You just couldn't do it. You couldn't let the week go by in peace. Frick. Jiminy Christmas. Why? We couldn't just get... You couldn't get to next week? We couldn't just get to next week. So annoying. All you do is hate on Xbox. All they do is screw up! Jiminy! We couldn't get through Gamescom? You couldn't let Starfield release? I am so annoyed. Play AC6. I'm not known for gameplay. Can you imagine? The day after they drop parody, they drop parody on Baldur's Gate. You want me to freaking play Armored Core? Yeah, that's going to go over like a lead balloon. The guy not known for gameplay isn't talking about a story he's been covering for months. He's playing Armored Core. I'm, I'm so I'm so angry. I'm so tired of this. All you do is hate on Xbox. They can't go a week without screwing up. Just go to Gamescom and show stuff and get people excited. That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do. I'm so annoyed. It would have been far better to just drop split screen. Dropping parody. It's so irritating. Because if you don't cover it, if you don't cover it, then it doesn't... It, like, what are you doing? Why aren't you covering this? You've been covering this for months. So freaking irritating. Microsoft bends the knee. I tried. I tried. I'm trying real hard, Ringo. I'm trying real hard. I gave him... I gave him good stuff this week, man. I thought the leaked footage looked good. I gave him good cover. I gave him good coverage uh, when the review codes went out. I was like, "This is encouraging. The embargo date's encouraging." And you go to Gamescom, and he just did an interview. He, j- Phil Spencer, just did an interview with freaking Destin, acting like that's not like what. I'm so confused. Why did he say that in the interview? Why don't I don't understand? Why did he say they weren't going to do that? I don't I don't understand what's going on. I don't think they do either. What the frick? Between devs complaining behind closed doors and now this, give it to Monday, who knows what else happens? There's two stories, Eugene. There's two stories. There's dropping parody, and then there's the developing world turning against the S. I'm trying to keep it all under a lid. I'm like, oh, we got to kick that to next week. We can't do that yet. It, 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 you know, it, 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 it hasn't happened yet. So I'm so aggravated. We need. Did we get five more gifted members? Did we hit 25? No, we need five more. We we got we got we got twenty. We got we got two minutes before we got to go to this premiere. We got two minutes before we go to this premiere. We did not hit twenty-five. We've not missed this since November of last year. 
All I've tr- I, I, I swear I try. I try to be balanced. I do. I, I like, I don't want, like, I'm so tired of the narrative that I'm just an Xbox hater. And it's like, you go to Xbox and, like, Phil Spencer's literally bending over talking out of his rear end. Just absolutely talking out of his rear end to Destin. And then a day later, oh, yeah, we dropped parody. What? What are y'all doing? Why would you even let Larian announce that? Why? Thank you for a gifted member. I'm so flustered. A gifted member from Zubair and five from Patrick and one from Ink Sandy puts us to 27 and five from Keithius. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oops. I didn't mean to do this. Oh, shoot. There we go. 32 over 25. All right. I owe you guys five. I'll gift the members in the premiere. And Cisco gifts a member uh, and bumps it to 33. There we go. We haven't missed that 25 goal since like November of last year. We're fine. You guys went crazy. Uh, you guys went crazy um, yesterday. You, you guys, you, you can stop. We, we need to go to this premiere. Uh, another one from McD09. Listen, I'll get five when we get over there. If you guys want to keep pushing and gifting members, you can do it during the premiere. You can. I'm going to spam a link in chat, okay? I'm going to spam a link in chat. And we're going to go to this thing. We're going to go to this thing. You guys over there on kick, you got to come with us. All right, I'll see you guys over there in the premiere. I'll gift the members over there. 